Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Today I'm, I'm going to do a part three of Worth the Risk, and I've called my message today, I am the Jesus you see. Basically, you are the Jesus that people will see. Um, I, last week we talked about Jesus full of grace and full of truth, right? Uh, now here, let me ask you this question. When you grew up... <clears throat> You had two parents. Most of us had two parents. When you did something wrong, you ran to the grace-oriented parent. Yes? Do you remember doing that? You did something wrong, you ran to the person who was going to extend grace. Right? When your siblings did something wrong, you laugh because you know exactly what I'm going to say. Right? You ran to the truth-oriented parent. Right? See, because for ourselves, we want what? We want grace. For everybody else around us, we want truth. We want to point out, we want you to know you did something wrong, and boy, you better fix it because someone's going to get you. Now, today I want to talk about how this looks like for us as believers, for us understanding that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. Not 50% grace and 50% truth, not 90% grace and 2% truth. He was full, 100% full of grace and 100% full of truth. I'm going to show you an illustration in a minute. Um, <clears throat> turn with me if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or whatever you're using. Uh, John chapter 1. We're going to read John 1, 1 to 3 again. This is a basis for where we figure this out, how we try and figure this out. Because he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. There's that eternality. He was not just created for the New Testament. He was in the beginning with God, it says. Amen. Jesus was there all the time. We've got to remember that, okay? All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glories of the only the Father, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, Okay? And then go down to verse 14, and the word became flesh among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Go down to uh, verse 18 there, you see, and it says, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the father's side, he has made him known. No one has seen God, it says, stating a fact, no one has seen God. So, but they saw Jesus, right? They saw how Jesus lived. And Jesus made God known through his life. Today, think about this. No one sees Jesus. No one sees him in the flesh. No one sees him in body. So how do they see Jesus? There's only one way the world can now see Jesus, really. It's through you and me, isn't it? It's through how you and I live that they recognize That's the Jesus that the Bible talks about. That's the Jesus that I read about when I read God's Word. So if we want people to see Jesus, how then should we live? The question comes to the the answer, which is, well, I need to live with full of grace and full of truth. Remember the, the illustration I used last week in John 8 was the woman caught in adultery, right? The scenario could, and it does exist today. They bring her face-to-face with Jesus to pronounce a sentence and judgment, right? So she's caught adultery. She knew the law. She grew up in the church. She knew what the law was saying about sin, right? 
She went to church over and over again. And that's the harsh truth about it was she knew better. She knew better. But now here's the thing. Or we can either excuse that sin and say, well, you know what? Her husband wasn't giving her any attention. He's always at work. He's abusive. Well, that's not grace because grace doesn't excuse one sin because of another. Let me say that again. Grace never excuses one sin for another to take place. Amen? So the problem that it's either or, but that's, that's where the problem comes in because we're, we're trying to say, well, it's either grace or it's either truth. And we don't understand that it's got to be grace and truth together. Say that with me. Grace and truth together, right? So Jesus doesn't become less truthful in order to express grace. That's not what he does, right? Or less gracious so that he can tell you the truth. He, remember, he loved her to remind her that she was in sin. Where's your accusers? Meaning, yeah, you were caught in sin. And then what does he do? Follows it up with grace by saying, now go. They're gone. Now go. Neither do I condemn you. Stop sinning. Stop, stop doing that sin and go your way. He did, that. he did that together, grace and truth together. Now, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, God, you got to show me how this works. Is there, is there an example where this is working? Well, there is. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to see this, right? Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Okay, there's the truth. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Were the apostles teaching false truths or were they teaching the truth of God's word? They were teaching the truth of God's word. And look what's, what's happening. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. How else could this work unless truth and grace were working together? How else could it work unless grace and truth were working together in this group of people, right? They had to model full of grace and full of truth in each other, with each other, wherever they were. Because you know what? You know that when there's two people around, there's going to be friction. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, yeah, I know that. And some of you said it to your spouse, right? You know that. So for this to work, for Acts chapter 2 to have this incredible story and this, this dialogue and this, this recount of what was happening in the early church, grace and truth had had to have been working so that they can point out each other's truths and, and their faults in love, but then encourage them and say, but you know what? Let's walk together in this. Come on. Isn't that the church you want to be part of? I read this and I think, God, let this be our church. Let this be the church of Jesus Christ all around the world. Because right now, people looking outside into the church say, I don't want to be part of that. Like they're rejecting you and they're rejecting Jesus because they're seeing that it's not happening in the church today. And we, I, need to change that so we can change the world. 
We're always wondering, oh, you know, this needs to happen so that the world will change. No, the world will change when something happens inside of me that affects the person very next to me that someone else will see that's watching me. That's what we need, church. Right? They invested themselves relationally into this community. They didn't just preach the gospel and point out each other's faults and sins. They cared for each other. They remained committed to to seeing each other grow in grace and in truth. Here's that saying. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you. Wow, you all know that. But let me say it again. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you. They don't care how much truth you know. And it could be like this, or it could be volumes and volumes of books and Bibles and commentaries and Holy Spirit this and Holy Spirit that. They don't care unless they know you care about them first. We are missing it. We can't just go doing another outreach until they know that we really care about them. Now, here's the thing. I want to back it up. Before we can even do any outreach, we need to know that we're looking after each other here. Because they're going to see that out there. Oh, they don't really care about each other. This, this July thing, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on you in case when you start planning this. Because they want to know, do they look after each other like they do here when they're giving us a hot dog and, a car- and an elephant ride? Do we have an elephant? Oh, my gosh. I hope I didn't call somebody out here, but (laughs) relax, okay. They're going to want to know, do you guys do this inside with each other, or is this just something you pretend? Because they can tell. People can tell when it's not genuine. You know that, because you can tell. If you're a human being, you can tell when somebody's not being genuine. So here's the thing. You've got all eyes looking at Fort Road Victor Church to seeing if what's happening in this body, in this cell group, in this youth group, in the, is it really real or are they just doing this to show? And that's where we have to come to understand, okay, if I have to, if I have to live this out, then I must walk out grace and truth together. That means I must, when I come into disagreements, I must walk out grace and truth together. When I see somebody living the way I know the Word of God says, I must walk out grace and truth together. Yes. We don't know how to do that well, guys. I don't know. I'm learning how to do that, but we we don't. We love to pick on one side, grace here or truth here. Why? Because it's simple for our brain. Two hemispheres, two sides. That's really how, how, how come it's so simple. But yet that's not simple because that's not how we're supposed to function. We're supposed to merge the two together. One of the hardest things in life is to have both these qualities in us. Truth without grace equals harshness, judgmentalism. And grace without truth is compromise. The church is struggling to figure this out. And in the past, it's always been easier just to point out the truth and not worry about showing any compassion and mercy to others. It's like somebody coming up to you and telling you what you're doing wrong. Well, pastor, you shouldn't be wearing that jersey up front. That's, not, that's disrespecting God. 
well, thank you for vomiting on me. I wore that specifically to, to get a rise out of some of the religious people that say, what's he doing? Right? And all the religious people look down. Right? I'm just wearing clothes. Right? Yeah, there's a certain standard, but man, that was a good fight last night. Okay, focus! Stop! You online, watch, listen, okay? So the church is struggling to figure it out, and in the past, it's just been easier just to vomit truth. Well, guess what that still is? That's still vomit. As much as you think it's truth, all it is is still vomit on a person, right? So now here we come. All of a sudden, and I'm talking about the past, whether it was back in those days of the disciples and then every century. Now we're in the 21st century, and what, what have we done now? We've swung to the grace side, haven't we? There's a lot of that now. Regardless of whether it's not true, oh, you know, you just got to learn to love. Whether it's true according to God's word, oh, no, you know what? You just got to learn to tolerate and love. Wow. We've got to figure this out, people, because it's God's word that we're following, aren't we? Not your understanding, not my understanding, but what God's word says. Everything that I do needs to line up under God's word. Amen? Ooh, got quiet. Lord, help me. Okay, so again, purely out of not wanting to be judgmental Christians and bigoted and whatever the titles are that we've been, we've been plastered with and labeled with, Christians have now said, well, you know what? It doesn't really matter how you live as long as you love God. <laughs> wow. That's how far we've come onto the grace side. Now, that's not my God. That doesn't represent God. God has a standard for everything that we live. Every issue that we deal with in life, there is a standard that God has taught us, that God has given us. Now, the choice is yours to accept God's word as it is in truth or to bend it to fit your philosophy of where you should be in the 21st century. And I think we're failing at that as well, right? We're called to both. In living this out, there's going to be this, okay, I said full of grace and full of truth. Now, here's the thing. You as a believer, if you're an unbeliever, you'll, you'll understand this when I'm talking to believers right now. There's this tension inside of us that operates every day in order for us to exercise our lives full of grace and full of truth. Okay? You know what? Here's the thing. It's going to be messy. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know how messy it is. Okay? I'm going to use an example. You have two kids. <clears throat> Prodigal son had two kids. Did the prodigal father, did the father love the two kids any differently? Same love. Same love given to the one who treated him like dirt, who walked away and took his, took his inheritance and spoiled, it, spoiled himself and, and wasted it. Same amount of love to the one who stayed behind. But here's the thing. This is where grace comes in. Expressed differently. Understand? Expressed. Those of you with... Kids, raise your hands. You know what I'm talking about? I relate. Oh, my gosh, that's exactly me. And I feel guilty. I've been beating myself in the head because I treat one kid this way and I treat the other kid this way. But I love them both the same way. It's hard. 
Parents, we beat ourselves up because of that because we don't understand that that's exactly what God wants you to do. Treat them full of grace and full of truth. We're trying to go equal, equal, equal in everything, and yet they're two different personalities. They're two different beings, and yet created equal before the eyes of the Lord. Wow. Some of you are going to get this and go, oh, i got to stop doing this. i got to stop. Yeah. You're trying to put one in the box of the other and vice versa, and it's not working. So here's the thing. It's going to get messy because when someone's life choices is out of line with Scripture, God's Word, you can have these choices. Kick them out of your life. Right? Some of us, we've done that. Nope. That doesn't align with what I believe. I'm kicking you out of my life. I can choose number two. I can just ignore it. Ignore them and just ignore the fact that they're, they're doing what they're doing. Or number three, which is what's happening nowadays. I'll change my beliefs to prevent any tension between me and that other person. Right? And this is what God wants us to do. You keep loving them. And hold on to the standard that God has set in his word. Amen. But that's hard. Of course it's hard. That's why it's called tension. You're not trying to solve this. You're trying to manage it. We're always trying to solve problems in our day and age when really God is saying, no, I just want you to manage this. Trust me. You can manage this. Why? Because you're not doing this on your own strength. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit is upon me so I can manage that tension of grace and truth in every area of my life. And even the people that are coming into my life that I see, oh my gosh, that's not the standard that God has set. So God, give me the love for them because I see that it's not your standard. I don't want to change my belief system. I don't want to change my standard. I need the love that you have that you could point it out and lovingly show them the grace. Learning to love others and not agree with areas in their life is what is messy about full of grace and full of truth. There's always that constant tension. Someone is going to get hurt if you go one way or the other. Think about this. You know this. This has happened ever in your life where you've applied so much truth. No, 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 no. That person has just walked away. Right? Or you've applied so much grace and you've enabled that person to stay in their sinful state. Okay, so we've proven that it does exist. But now I want you to, to see something. Here's the thing that we're going to look at for you as a person, you as a believer, you as understanding how this grace and truth works, the tension of it. If you're a grace person, hands up if you're a grace person. I'm not, so I'm not going to put my hand up. Hands up if you're, you just, you just love every, come on, be proud of yourself. That's who God created you to be, okay? I want you, the next time you want to just, just douse that person, knowing that they're, what they're doing is wrong, and you just want to douse that person that grace, I want you to lean towards truth. Because your propensity is wanting to automatically pour out grace. Yes? I want you to just, just lean. And, and you know what? It's going to be messy. It's going to hurt. It's like, I, I can't do this. 
it's throwing me off of my comfort zone. Of course, because you've been so comfortable operating in grace throughout your life. And now I'm asking you, no, now apply truth to what's happening here. Okay? All the truth people, raise up your hands with me. Come on. Right? And I can, let me tell you this. Whoever was more influential in your life, whether it was your mom and dad, okay, that's the trait that you probably picked up. My father, truth, right? Pointed out what was wrong first before you ever point out anything positive. I picked it up. Yay. Okay? Truth, okay? Your propensities to want to point out what's wrong in that person could be minor, but you know what? It's still wrong. I'll point it out. <laughs> I don't like it. I have to deal with that. So here's what you want to do. You want to lean towards grace. And this is where that saying, you know what? Is this really a hill to die on? You understand that, that saying? Is this really a battle to fight? Is this worth a hill to die on? That's where us truth people have to figure this out and realize, okay. Because otherwise, you're going to still get stuck in that track of truth and of grace as opposed to trying to walk your life in that tension of operating full of grace and full of truth. Um, I'm going to show you a quick illustration here. I'm going to get some of the guys to come up. All right. Okay, I'm going to get Joel. Joel will represent... Did you grab me? Oh, perfect. Joel's going to represent you, okay? He's going to step, go up to the top step, okay? Okay. Stand on your wrist. Stand on your wrist, okay? Okay, we have Mr. Truth on this side and Mr. Grace on this side, okay? Now, I'm gonna, can I come down? It's not going to squeak, right? Okay, and I'm just going to be Jesus in a hockey jersey. <clears throat> All right, and I'm telling Joel, right, he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to you and I, followers, okay? This is without any grace and truth. Joel, follow me. Now, our flesh is able to do this quite reasonably. I'm going to get you to go back up there, and I'm going to get you to do it with one hand. Because we get confident of how we can run our lives. Really, we do. We get to this place, well, I can do this. I can do this one hand. I can do this with my eyes closed. Go ahead. Follow me. Oh, see? He's that confident. Now I'm going to ask him to close his eyes because he's that confident. Because a lot of times we go through life with our eyes closed. Amen? Because you can do this with your eyes closed. On the line, stay on the line, foot over foot. Close your eyes, go. Go, go, go. Oh, it's not bad. Okay, well, it's still, now here's the thing. You, and you, some of you are like, oh yeah, that's how I do my life. Like he, he proved that I can do this without grace and truth. Okay, here's the thing, go back up. And now we're gonna, we're gonna get him to stay on this narrow line, this green line that's on stage, because that's the walk that we have. It's pretty narrow. It's pretty narrow that God asks us to walk. And I'm going to say, you know what? 
we're just going to apply the truth to him. We're not going to apply any grace. Go ahead. You see what happens when truth is applied to that degree. The things that are on his plate, which could be the things that he does, it could even be relationships. Someone's going to get hurt. Let's try applying grace this time, okay? No truth, but just grace. So he's pulled. <laughs> he's, oh, someone still got hurt. Okay, so whether you apply one or the other, the, the, the illustration is to show you that someone will get hurt because it's not meant to be applied as grace or as truth by itself. Now, I've got a, another couple col colored balls because all the people that Joel deals with, all these yellow people, all these Asians, <laughs> they're all good people. We got some people that are dealing with issues in their life, okay? So now, he's going to try, and he's going to try. You know what? This time, he's going to try. I'll add a little bit of truth, and I'll add a little bit of grace as I walk down this walk. And let's see what happens. Go ahead. People are going to get hurt. Why? Because that's not how it's supposed to be. You killed all of your friends. You did. We'll have a funeral for those later. We're doing communion anyways. Okay, now apply grace and truth equally and walk the walk that Christ says, follow me, Joel. Equally, guys, equally. And let him. Good. Yeah, give him a hand. Thanks, guys. So you get it? As long as that, that, that tension is always there and you're dealing with people that have mess in their lives and, and they're still part of the, 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 the environment that God has placed you in, they're not going to get hurt. They're not going to fall off. They're not going to, you know, and as long as we continually apply it equally, 100%. And, and you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to apply a little more grace and sometimes you're going to have to apply a little more truth. But you're operating in it all the time. Okay? Truth says you're accountable. Grace says you're forgiven. Truth says you have a problem. But grace says you're broken. Truth says, come on, you need to work on that. But grace says, but it's okay for now. Truth says, you blew it. And grace says, but I love you anyway. Come on, where have you heard that? Where have you heard that in your life? Have you not heard that from Christ himself? Have you not heard that when Jesus Christ came into your life and says, I want to come into your life? Here's the thing. In Matthew, we're called to be salt. But when you look at the ingredients, and this is my chemistry background coming in, sodium chloride. Sodium and chlorine in their, in their purest form, relate this to grace and truth, are toxic. Very volatile, very dangerous and destructive elements. That's why we mine for salt. We don't produce salt. Because when you have sodium and chlorine by itself, they're very dangerous, right? So here, here's the thing. Salt, we're called to be salt of the earth. 
Salt is a mixture of two ingredients constantly. Apart from each other, they're toxic. Apart from each other, they're, they're dangerous. But, but together, wow, what an incredible illustration when, when Matthew tells us you're to be the salt of the earth, right? Grace and truth, one without the other, is toxic. One without the other is toxic. Today, as you receive communion, reflect on this fact that Christ himself took the penalty for the harsh reality that you and I are still even filthy, even in our good deeds. We've really forgotten what this grace is, right? When I came to know Christ through faith, I received grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, what does it say? For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. Here's the thing. We think about grace again as this one-time thing that you received in the past when you said, come, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to give my life to you, right? We're always back to that past. But grace isn't just a one-time thing. Grace is continual every day. We get stuck on that. And how do I know it? We sing a song like Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Right? We're always going to that, that was, and we forget that grace is constantly being applied to our life every day. How do I know that? John 1.16 tells me. From him, his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Not just once. We continually get grace upon grace. Man, John, the one who wrote about Jesus in this gospel, understood this. As he's witnessing and he's watching the miracles, as he's watching Jesus point truth and apply grace to a situation, he's saying, wow, we're getting grace upon grace through our life daily. You see, have you got this one, 2 Corinthians 12, 9? It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Those is's mean it's now. It is current. The terminology tells us it's current. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. Right? So how do we live in the fullness of truth and grace? Finally, John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me. Man, we, we, we've read this verse, Pastor. Well, yeah, you've read it. Now I want you to live it. Come on. It's one thing to read the word, but it's another to apply it so we can actually live out the word. Isn't that what, isn't that what John says about Jesus? He was the word, and the word was with us, and the word dwelt among us. Wow. Application. The word comes into us. Now we need to live the word out as well. I'm the vine, you're the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Grace and truth, the tension, 
constantly. If I abide in him and his words abide in me, guess what? Then I know that grace and truth will constantly be applied to every situation in my life. You see why we've got to continually feed ourselves daily? Man, it's so easy to just feed yourself on hockey night in Canada. But you know what? No, 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 no. We've got to feed ourselves with the word so we can understand this. Our spirit understands this. Our soul understands food, sleep, all the physical things. But our spirit understands. If I'm going to walk out grace and truth in this tension every day to those people that... How else can Jesus say, love your enemies? How else can it be that the Pharisees said to all the people, how is it that he eats with tax collectors? That was not a compliment, by the way. That was to insult him. It was because he was obviously the manifestation of grace and truth together. So when Jesus tells us, because how, who's actually mastered loving your enemies? Raise your hands. You love all your enemies. I've not, I've not learned how. I've not learned how. Okay? But he says it. He doesn't say, oh, love the ones who, you know, have hurt you. No, love your enemies. An enemy is someone who has something against you and would destroy you if they had a chance. Come on. We haven't really thought about that verse when he says, love your enemies. No, we learn how to love those people we don't know, those people who are less than whatever. But no, no, he's talking about love your enemies. If somebody did a eulogy on you, could they ever say, oh, yeah, yeah, this person loved their enemies? <laughs> Come on. And yet Jesus asked us to do this because he knows we can. Exercising full of grace and full of truth. Last thing. If you never get anything else from what I said this morning, get this last thing. You see, do you have it? Jesus called sin a sin. But then he died for it. Grace. Think about that. Jesus called sin a sin. But then he went on to die for it. That's grace. Come on up, Quinn. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.